Welcome to Coffee Talk with Liquid Shano 1973, an inspirational podcast about the ups and downs of life and everything in between. Here's your host, Shane Lakita. Hey, uh, what's up, everybody? How you guys doing? How's your week going? How's everything happening with you? We are post first holiday of the end of 2021, right? We are post Halloween. Now, anybody that struggles with weight loss, anybody that struggles with binge eating or eating different stuff that they shouldn't be eating or any of those things knows that this is one of the holidays. It's a tough one. It's a tough one for a lot of people. And a lot of people that don't want to snack on candies and empty calories and all that stuff, it's really a difficult one. And a lot of people are in a place where they don't buy candy until the day before Halloween, or they actually don't buy candy at all. And, you know, even though the kids might come by knocking, they may have the lights out or whatever else just to stay away from the whole temptation of making sure that you've got candy and uh, you give it away and all those things. So, and I'm guilty as charged, 100%. I'm a guilty party when it comes to Halloween candy eating. I'm one of those that if it's sitting in the bowl on the countertop, I'm snacking, I'm sticking my fingers in there, I'm doing whatever I have to do. That's one of the reasons why usually the last few trick-or-treaters that come by the neighborhood, I'm like, hey, listen, double deal right here. Come up here, I'm going to fill your bowl up, we're good to go. (laughs) And I try to be able to move that forward, but... You know, if everybody got past it, I'm really hoping that you guys, you know, had a really safe one. The kids got out and did some really, really fun things, seeing as how, you know, it was a little bit more of a normal, I guess, I guess normal should be in quotations, right? A normal Halloween this year where people were out trick-or-treating again and we were just kind of like getting back to some of the basic fundamentals of being normal again after all of this pandemic and quarantine and COVID and everything else. So even though we're still in the middle of it, a lot of different places, but so there you go. There you have it guys. I'm hoping that your Halloween was amazing. I'm hoping that was fantastic and everything. And so every year, right around this time frame, right after Halloween, during the month of November, I usually do some sort of awareness, some sort of action, some sort of thing that I try to get together to be able to raise awareness and create dialogue around mental health. Now, if any of you know, uh, for the last few years with this podcast, you guys know that I've been a member of Movember. Now, Movember is basically, the M is for mustache, and November is for November. And so they mix the two together in very word crafty, wordsmith-like things that they did make it in Movember. So what basically Movember is, is an organization that I've been a member of for about the last 11 years or so, 11, 12 years, I think. I think it's a total of... 12 years that I've been a Movember advocate. And what it does is basically it, it, it gets you to get together with a team and you can, you know, bring some friends in, bring some family, raise some money, do different things. And you create a team and you do just that. You try to fundraise to be able to build some money to put together, to give towards the research and fundamentals of trying to be able to help people in three different areas of men's health. Now, In this podcast, I'm going to talk about everybody's health, but I specifically try to be able to play in the space of men's health only because there's some staggering, staggering statistics that are out there in the world today that show that men would rather take their own lives and end their life, good lives, 
lives with kids, lives with wives, lives with family, lives with potential, lives with good jobs, or whatever it is, would rather take their life than admit to the fact that they're having issues or problems or maybe they're in debt or maybe something's going on or infidelity or getting older or whatever else. So we're going to talk about a little bit about that today. We're going to talk a little bit about avenues and resources that you may have or you may need to find in a time where everybody's secluded and they're kind of sectioning themselves off when it's even more important now to be able to get together and pull, pull each other through, lift each other up, encourage each other, right? So Movember, basically, that's one of the biggest areas of focus that I like to lean in on is around Movember, is around mental health of men. But there's also two other areas of study that they try to invest in. And there's multi-million dollar in donations and investments that have been made in, in lieu of or in light of Movember towards testicular cancer and testic- testicular cancer research and prostate health research and all those good things. So prostate, testicular cancer, and mental health are the three different avenues in which this organization leans in on. Now, you might ask the question, why is it just for men? Why, why are we focusing around health for men or mental health for men? I opened up with the fact that there's a large portion of suicides and people that end their lives that are men. They lead the way. They lead the way. Between the two sexes, between men and women, men are hands down, if not doubled up on the amount of suicides that are out there in the world including a lot of our veterans and a lot of our military folks. You know, 22 a day is something that I was really, really, really passionate about for many years to be able to do 22 push-ups a day and be able to continue to move forward, raise money, raise awareness around mental health. So let's talk about that just for a second, okay? Mental health. Listen, it's a catchphrase. A lot of people will use it these days. A lot of people use it as an excuse to getting out of work. I need a mental health day. Or a lot of people will use it to... Uh, generalize anything that they may be going through. Oh, it's my mental health is really, really getting in the way. But mental health is a, is a clinical uh, term that's basically put out there for people that it's the way that your brain works, right? It's the way that your brain works, the way that your brain functions, the way that your brain adheres, the way your brain adapts and overcomes and all those things. It's the whole framework of where we're at as human beings and how we adjust and adapt to society and the things that are thrown our ways, right? So as a mental health advocate, somebody that really preaches towards men's health, I want you to think for a second, okay? If you're a female and you listen to this, which as many of you know, this podcast has about 95% listening rate of females that are out there. But if you're a female and you're listening to this, maybe you're, you're, you're thinking to yourself, I have a husband that's a stubborn a-hole. He won't go to the doctors. He won't get, go get his checkup. He always thinks if you just rub dirt on it, it'll go away. He thinks if I don't take this medicine or I don't do that or whatever else, I'm fine. I'm good to go. I'm, I'm tough. I'm tough as nails. I'm a tough son of a bitch. I'm ready to go. I'm going to do all the things that I have to do. And they, and they continue to walk forward and continue to push forward, right? I'm, I know that every single one of the ladies out there and every one of the men that are out there either do this themselves or they know people that have done it that say these things, the people that are the stubborn, not going to happen to me kind of thing, right? Uh, Oh, oh, my, my buddy died of uh, testicular cancer because he didn't do checkups or whatever it is that never happened to me. So I'm fine. Right. Without actually doing checks or actually going to the doctors and getting checked out or having an oil change whenever you go for your annual physical. 
How many of how many, how many of all of you know of men that it's been years and years and years since they've been to an annual physical? Something that's supposed to happen every year to make sure that you're just just firing on all cylinders. And I know that some of it might be because the cost of going to the doctors and getting this checkup might be maybe expensive. But what is the cost of going to the doctors compared to the cost of life, right? The cost of being there for your family, being there for your daughter's sons, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, whatever it is. You're 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 there to be a part of their lives. And you owe it to them and yourself to go and get the help that's necessary. Now, the help that I'm talking about first in this podcast is all about preventive medicine. So as I talked about before with Movember, we talked about three different areas, testicular area, prostate area, and mental health. So testicular area is a pretty simple procedure for most men, just like if a a female goes through breast exams and they go through and they check for lumps, they check for different stuff that's going on. Maybe you'll just check for the same exact thing in the testes and you're going down there and you're trying to be able to do it. It may seem awkward. It may be something that, you know, not a lot of people talk about, but it's, it's, it's the truth. It's preventive medicine is the best way to go. So that way, if you find something, then go get checked out. And you can also go to your doctor at your annual physical and have them check it out, right? They, they reach underneath and they tell you to cough and they want to make, make sure that everything's good to go and everything's, you know, firing on all cylinders and you're all set and ready to go. And it's one of the areas where it's probably the most preventive that you can do out of all three of those areas of mental or men's health in general. Now, the second one is prostate, right? So a lot of people, listen, there's a lot of different images, a lot of different things that people have said, a lot of jokes being shared, all kinds of different stuff. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's, you know, uneasy, all those things, but it's preventive. If you could get your prostate checked at any age above 40, I know they say 50 is usually the age that they're coming into play, but like even the things like colonoscopies are recommended at 45 or older now, not 50, right? Because there's a lot more men and women that are are, are, are coming down with uh, cancer of the prostate earlier in their years. And if they catch it early, it's something that could be preventable. It's something that we can work on, just like colon colon uh, for the colonoscopies, prostate exams can be preventive for everything you're trying to be able to work with. My point is don't be afraid to go and get the checkups. Preventive medicine is the best. You catch things early. It's the most important thing in the whole entire world to try to continue to move forward and live a healthy life. If you catch things late, as many people know, oftentimes it's too late. If you catch it late, it's already either grown or it's metastasized. I don't even know what that word is. You know what I mean? Grown or or expanded or or done whatever it it does when when it comes to cancer or any of those things. And when you catch it late, oftentimes it's just so unfortunate where we're already at stage four, stage three, and those kind of things. And it's 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 not usually a great outcome on the back end unless it's caught early. And they can get in front of it and they can be preventive with it and then put actions in place to be able to fix the situation. So prevention is huge. Prevention is huge for men and women. We hear it all the time. I see the commercials on TV where women recommend other women to be accountability buddies, partners in crime that can remind each other, hey, did you do your breast check this week? 
or this month. Hey, did you did you go and do a mammogram? Or hey, did you get uh, tested for what? You know, all these things. They have accountability buddies to be able to lift each other up and encourage each other. So the first thing I would say for anybody that's out there that may feel like I don't really know where to even start here, right? I, I'm I'm a guy. I haven't been to the doctors in five years. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to even begin. Get yourself an accountability buddy. Get yourself somebody that is okay with, if not, you know, lean on the side of prevention that will help you to hold you accountable in going and getting the things that are done, that need to get done. Your annual checkups, your oil changes, your tweaks and peaks, the little things that they can do, whether it's blood pressure, whether it's cholesterol, whether it's whatever it is, for you to continue to move forward, your health matters. Your health matters. And a lot of times we don't think it matters until it's too late. We're indestructible. We're made of rubber. Things can bounce off of us and we can go about our business and we're just never going to be affected by any of this stuff because who is us? I don't have any history of it in my family. I don't have any of that stuff. Well, let me tell you a really quick story about history of the family. Okay. My family, most ages of my family, my grandfather and my grandmother both lived 96 plus years. My great grandmother lived to 101. Like, Long living families, healthy as an ox, continuing to move forward, sharp as a tack all the way to the end. My uncle right now is 71, 71 or 72 years old, just healthy as an ox, just fall in line with it. My aunt Cindy is the same exact way. She's the same way. They're all healthy. They're all continuing to move forward. But my dad, who's of the same bloodline and the same exact situation, at the age of a very young age of 67, got Alzheimer's. Zero histories, zero cases of Alzheimer's in my family. Nothing in the bloodline ever showed anybody that has Alzheimer's in the family. So we think it was caused by an injury and whatever else. But my dad was another one that didn't necessarily go to the doctors. He didn't necessarily go down and get his checkups. He did a little bit while he was in the military. He did what he was told to do and went down and got his checkups. And so every once in a while he would go. But he was another one of those that was just like, I'm fine. I'm good to go. I'm all set. I'm, I'm, I'm tough as nails. I'm stubborn. I, I got all this under control. And I can do this. And I got this. Which is about 99.9% of most males that are out there think that they've got it under control. And they can beat whatever it is just based on the fact that they're tough. They're tough SOBs. You know, they don't have any history of it or anything like that. My father, of course, had no clue that he would have Alzheimer's, dementia, and then pass away from it. My father had no clue that that would have happened. Of course, while he had Alzheimer's, of course, he didn't have a clue. But even up until that point, it was denial. It was like, wow, what? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, there, there's no sense of it in our family. There's nothing there. So hereditary things where we think we are indestructible, where we have healthy family members and healthy people all around us, does not mean that you won't be that one special case. So... The advice that I give you is find an accountability buddy. Find somebody that you got in your pocket that you can pick up the phone and have a conversation with, or they'll call you and they'll let you know, hey, Shane, listen, did you go in for your annual checkup this year? No, I remember last year it was in March or April, so I think you should probably book it because it takes a little while to get booked with the doctors nowadays with all this COVID and quarantine stuff. So why don't you book it and get it started and get yourself ready to go to make sure that you can go get it. And I know it may suck, and I, I, I have an accountability buddy that lets me know that. And I'm like, man, I, I don't have time for this right now. I'm too busy. I just, I lost my job a little while ago. I'm trying to rebuild something here. I'm trying to work hard or whatever. I don't have time to go to the doctors. Well, you don't have time 
because you say you don't have time. But what's going to happen when you are diagnosed or something happens where you are now on your deathbed or you are now completely ill based on the fact that you didn't do the things that are necessary for you to be preventive in the, in the actions that you needed to take, right? You didn't go to the doctors when you're supposed to. You didn't get immunized the way you wanted to get immunized. You didn't do the things that you wanted to do. You didn't go down that road because you thought you knew everything and you thought that you were good to go, right? We're all stubborn this way. All of us are wired that way. Some more than others. Some more take political stances and all this other stuff that goes with it. But I get all that. I I do. I understand. Everybody has an opinion and everybody, you know, you have your own and do what you have to do. My advice is be preventive when it comes to the health of your body and the things you're trying to be able to control and work through. So prevention is worth an ounce of cure right? Everything that we can do right now to be preventive, accountability, put it on a calendar, exercise, eat right, all the things that we can do to continue to move forward and be in a space where our health matters and it rises to the top of our focus on our agenda is when it really needs to happen. So that's the first part, okay? The second part is Let's say you are going down the road of getting some checkups done, doing your annual physicals, doing all the things that you have to do across the board, and you're, you, you feel like you're in a good spot with it. And then you start feeling down, right? You start feeling down, you start feeling depressed. Here I am, almost 50 years old. I just had to restart a brand new career. I took a pay cut across the board, lost my benefits, all this different stuff. My family relied on me. I was a single income household because my wife was a stay-at-home mom and all this stuff flipped upside down. So then all of a sudden, now I'm faced with the fact that the new job may not pay me as well. And the new job may not come with all the benefits that I'm looking for. And the student loan debt is screaming at me through the ears to be able to say, this is owed to you, sir. And the government will come get you if you don't, right? So you get into these, these ruts and these, and these valleys of just depression and sadness and being down and feeling like the world is coming to an end, or you feel like you're failing and you're letting people down right? We all have been through those situations. We've all been through the negative self-talk. We've all been down the road of, of feeling depressed and feeling down in the dumps and not really feeling like we're up to par to attacking the day or going for the goals or being a positive patty or trying to be able to do all the things. I'll tell you a little story real quick. Okay. So story time. I have a friend named Paul. He goes by the name of Goonie dad on TikTok. And yesterday, he posted on there, super funny guy. He laughs all the time. He gets gifts from all these Americans and, and with things like Hershey Kisses and uh, Fluffernutters and whatever else. And he tries all this stuff out. He does it online. And people love it. His reaction to certain things like Tostitos. He didn't, he, somebody bought him a bag of Tostitos, and he was like, Tostitos, I don't know what this is. But he's got his British accent. He's a cool guy. He's, he's a cool cat. He's got a good family, loves his wife and his kids. He's always laughing and smiling. So yesterday he made a post. And so I'm scrolling through TikTok and I see him on there. I said, hey, Paul, what's up, buddy? I'm going to want to see what's going on. So Paul says, you guys know me as being a laughing, fun, a good dad, a dedicated husband, but I'm really struggling right now. I'm really struggling because I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like I'm something less than. I feel like I haven't achieved any of the things that I wanted to achieve in life. I feel like I'm spinning and spiraling every single day, and I don't know how to get out of it except express myself right here. Now, some people might look at that and say, you're on social media. Why are you putting yourself out there? 
I look at that as a sign of bravery. You know why? Because he's reaching out. He's reaching out. This is how he feels at this moment in time. He feels sad. He feels like he's a failure. He feels like at this moment in time, the world is crumbling all around him internally, even though he puts on the smile and he puts on his tie and he goes to work and he does the things that he has to do, but he still feels like he's a failure and he's down in the dumps and he's not feeling great and he feels like everything's crumbling all around him. How many of you have felt that way but had nobody to go to to talk about it? I'm probably going to assume a lot because I know I have, and I know I have sometimes even with this podcast, when I hop on here and I'm rapping with you guys and we're having a conversation and I'm sitting here going, man, I feel so sad. I feel so just down in the dumps. Like I said, all those things happened to me in the last six months, all the things lost my grandmother. I uh, lost my job benefits. My wife had to pick up hours where she was at with her work. I felt like a failure. I still feel like a failure at times. I do. I feel like I've let people down. I let my family down. All these things that were that, that, that I was working towards, all these things because a company decides I'm a number to them and they're going to cut me out and they're going to boot me out to the curb. Right? And so I felt in the, the, the deep feelings of depression and sadness and whatever else. But here's what I did. I, I see a therapist, I have conversations with my therapist, and we talk about things like this, about what my thought process is, why I'm thinking the way that I'm thinking, why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling, ways to overcome it, goal setting to try to be able to continue to move forward, and sometimes I just want to be heard. I just want to vent. I want to be able to talk about the things that suck in my life because I need to talk about it because I don't want to go to my wife and I don't want to go to my son and I don't want to go to my family because I don't want to burden them with something that they're already stressed out about by seeing me lose my job and seeing me having to start my career and getting paid less and gaining weight and all these things. They see all of it. They don't need me to remind them of that. They don't need me to sit there and say, hey, here's my pity party, right? And then my guy's stubbornness sticks in and says, listen, I'm a man. I'm tough. I'm tough as nails. I can get through this. If, if I'm not dying, then I'm moving forward. And this is the way it needs to be. But sometimes, sometimes we just need an outlet. Sometimes we just need a voice. Sometimes we just need somebody to open their ears and listen to the words that we're saying. Sometimes we just have to be heard. That's all. Sometimes life just sucks and there's no fixing it. And we got to park there for just a moment to be able to say, oh man, what am I going to learn from this? Am I going to keep moving forward? And will it go away quickly? Maybe not. Maybe it lasts longer than we ever expected. And maybe we're sitting there in this, this worrisome depression, sadness, and all those things. Here's the key though. Here's the... The, the key point that I want to make around mental health. If you feel that way, if you feel sad and you're depressed and you're down in the dumps and you're feeling like I, I just can't do anything, I can't get, I can't put one foot in front of the other, I can't put a smile on my face, I feel sad, I'm having suicidal thoughts, I, it'd be just better off if I wasn't here, all these things. If you find yourself saying those things to you, first of all, a lot of us have thought those things. Many of us have thought those things. I would even venture to say most of us have thought those things. So I want you to know you're not alone. 
You're not alone in this venture and these things that we're trying to be able to get through, the, the depression you may feel, the stress and the anxiety that you may have, the not being able to sleep, the sweats at nighttime, the things that you're trying to be able to continue to do. If you're gaining weight, you feel like a failure, you're faulted, you're broken, all these things. I get it. You're not alone. We're all in this together. We've all either been down that road that you're going through or we will go through it. So that's the first thing I wanted to bring up was you're not alone. You're not in this alone. It may seem like you're alone and it may seem like you have to do this on your own because you don't want to burden other people. You don't want to bother other people like I just talked about with my own view about things. But I realized all of a sudden I do have people that I can reach out to. I do have people that I can have conversations with, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a psychologist, whether it's a really good friend, whether it's a family member that loves you no matter what and is not going to judge you and put you down because of your faults and the things that you do or your religious or political views. The, you, all these things that matter, you, you, everybody has some of these people in their lives. The key to it, though, is that you've got to find that person and you got to put them on speed dial for those times when you're not feeling up to par. Suicide is an outcome of many, many things for a lot of people. Suicide is a, is a result of, of, of stress, anxiety, depression, anxiousness, sadness, all these things. Some people even look at it as being the fact that it's going to be able to let the people off around you to not have to deal with all of your nonsense, your debt, your your student loans, all these things. And I speak from experience, not that I recently have had any kind of suicidal thoughts, but I have had thoughts of, man, wouldn't it be just nice that my family wouldn't be burdened with a guy that wasn't working for a living, that didn't just get fired, that lost all his benefits, and now we have to go through the marketplace and, and, and pay twice as much to be able to be insured and try to be able to continue moving forward, all these things? Wouldn't it be nice if they didn't have to deal with that and they married somebody that was rich, somebody that could take care of them and afford them anything that they wanted, afford to send my son through college, which I can't afford, barely affording retirement, where my wife could find somebody that's going to, like all these thoughts go through your head. They do. And I'm talking about with you because I, I'm hoping that somebody out there will relate to what I'm talking about. And you guys can understand, whoa, I know exactly what he's saying. I, I, I feel his pain. I understand his thoughts. I, I, I feel what he's feeling, right? And I share it with you, not because woe is me and, oh, I'm sad and help me and all those things. I share it with you because I want you to know you're not alone. And I want you to know everybody has those thoughts. No matter how much of a smile you may put on your face like my buddy Paul or myself, when I'm doing like a TikTok or an Instagram or a Facebook post and I'm out there advocating for doing everything you can to be a positive influence and go out there and celebrate life and live in the moment and open your eyes and your ears and experience everything. That's all nice. That's all fine and dandy. But behind the scenes, maybe I'm not living by what I say. Maybe I'm preaching to all of you and I'm not following my own code. Maybe behind the smile, there's many tears and sad faces and all those things. So the second part of it is the first part of it was all about making sure that you're preventative. You, you, you go through the prevention of making sure that you outfit yourself with optimal 
health-wise, continuing to move forward. Second piece is have resources when you get to the point of no return and you feel like your world is coming to an end, right? Have resources. Have that suicide hotline on point if you don't have people to talk to. Have that friend, that family member, that person, that confidant, that person you know you can go to. Even for me, even if you want to reach out to me via email to say, hey, you know what? I'm struggling, man. I'm struggling. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's got to have somebody. Everybody does. All you have to do is reach out and say, I need you to be my, my partner in crime. I need you to be my confidant. I need you to be somebody that's going to be an ear for me when I'm when I'm feeling down in the dumps or I need to vent about something. I need somebody that's going to listen to me and give me good advice, not just tough love or not just anything. How about just sitting and listening to me at this moment in time because I need to get it off my chest. So outlets are important. The problem, like I talked about in the beginning, is, is that men often, even if they do have outlets, they have their wife, they have their family, they have whatever, they don't utilize it because they're afraid to. They're afraid of being embarrassed. They're afraid of being looked at poorly. They're afraid of society looking at them and saying, you are weak. You're, you're less than. You're less of a man. You're not strong. What's wrong with you? Men are supposed to be strong, the providers, the caretakers, the guys that are out there in the trenches working hard to provide for the family and do everything that they can. And that's the way we're patterned when we're kids, all from little, little kids all the way up until today's day where we're, 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 we're programmed in this place where it's not cool to, to cry. It's not cool to show emotion, Right. All these things that we go through, all these things that we experience, men won't do it because they're afraid to. We have to change that narrative. We have to make the men in our lives comfortable enough that they know it's okay to talk about the stuff that matters. How many of you women that are out there that are married to stubborn men that won't have conversations and won't talk about their feelings would love to have a conversation just talking about how your husband feels, how your grandfather feels, how your son feels. I have a 16-year-old son that I love dearly, but he doesn't show his emotions at all. He doesn't cry when things are sad. He doesn't get overly excited when mom and dad are jumping around going crazy, like, check this out. He's like, yep, that's great. You know what I'm saying? So he doesn't match the emotion level that I'm at. So he, in and of itself, even though that's his personality, it's hard to communicate with because he's a young man and this is what he does and he doesn't show the emotion. And I want him to show emotion because I want him to express himself. I want him to know he can be comfortable coming to mom and dad and having these types of conversations and talking about things that matter, especially as a teenager going through all these hormonal changes, right? I mean, all of us wish that. How many of the, the wives out there just wish that their husband would sit down with them and say, I'm sad, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm not really feeling up to par. And then we could start to actually try to go get help for that. Or how many marriages end in divorce where the last six months to the last year of being together, you don't even talk and communicate with each other because you just shut down. You don't have conversations. You don't talk about the stuff, that, the, the dirty stuff, the stuff, that, the stuff that matters, the stuff that's depressing both of you or angering both of you or bothering both of you. And then it ends in, in, in like a, a, a tumultuous affair right? These things matter. Our brains, we can't control sometimes. So sometimes we need help. 
Sometimes we have to reach out. Reach out to your therapist. Go to your practitioner. Ask them. I'm not feeling up to par right now, so maybe you can hook me up with somebody. Maybe you can line me up with a with a with a therapist. Maybe you can line me up with somebody so that way I can have a conversation. If you can't go to your wife or your 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 husband or your you know family member or anybody like that, find the help that's necessary. Carry the suicide hotline number in your pocket because they are professionals to be able to talk you to where you need to be. And the last but not least, this is the last little call to action that I have for anybody that's out there that's trying to wonder, how do I get through this, especially as we head into the holidays? We're getting into Thanksgiving. We're going to get into Christmas, which is a really sad time for a lot of people that have lost loved ones, that are lonely, that don't have significant others and whatever else. It's a really sad time. But here's the thing. Last but not least, this isn't an end-all, be-all. This isn't a fix-it. This isn't an add water and it grows or whatever. This is my own perspective. What has always helped me during these times and all these situations, whenever I'm feeling down or I'm feeling depressed, is I go and I do something for somebody. At that moment in time, I drop what I'm doing and I go and do something for somebody. Whether it's giving a $20 bill to a homeless person on the side of the street. Whether it's going into Walmart and buying some clothes and bringing it down to the shelter. Whether it's going to work in a food kitchen to be able to volunteer, to be able to feed and give somebody a warm cup of soup on a really cold day. Whether it's going to tip a server or a waiter that you know is struggling right now because the people aren't going to the restaurants and they're really just trying to put food on their table. So I, you know, throw an extra $100 that I have afforded to me through my artwork and whatever else that I want to give back to other people. All these things that I do to be able to move forward isn't just for a grandiose, hey, woe is me or, or a look at me and this is what I'm doing. It's because I need help. And the way that I help myself is by helping others, giving back to others, loving others, caring about other individuals instead of hating on them, instead of being divisive and being judgmental or anything like that. Why do you think men are afraid to have the conversation in the first place? Because they're afraid of judgment. They're afraid to have something cast upon them because they're they're being vulnerable or they're being weak or quote unquote weak, right? So the last thing is go do something for somebody else. Invest in somebody else at this moment in time because what that does is, and you guys have heard me say it a thousand times, by you investing in someone else and making them feel great and spectacular and and, and blessing them and making them feel like, whoa, what just happened? I can't believe this person's doing this for me. You're investing in yourself as well. You're healing yourself. You're, you're investing in your own cup. And even though it may seem empty at that moment in time, but when you reflect on the amount of times that you've invested in other people and you've done things that are necessary for you to give back to others and just save a life and do the things that you have to do, you'll be overwhelmed with emotion like I am every single day where I'm humbled by the fact of all the acts of kindness and all the things that I've tried to do and incorporate and show my son and all these things. I've done a lot and it makes me feel amazing. At the times when I'm feeling the lowest, I tap into those. I tap into the way that those things make me feel. And I might even get in the truck and I might drive down the road to the dunks and I might buy the next last or the three cars behind me their Dunkin' Donuts orders because that's gonna make me feel good at that moment in time to do something for somebody else. So I hope that all makes sense. Three, three-pronged approach, guys, right, as we're heading into November and we're, we're out there trying to talk about mental health and health in general, but especially for men during November or no-shave November. Prevention is one thing. It's very important. Be proactive. Be preventative. Second thing is have your resources ready. 
whether it's your person, whether it's your your friend, whether it's your therapist, whether it's your boss, whoever it is that you can feel comfortable enough to go to to talk to about during those really dark times, then go do it. And thirdly, Put a plan together to go and do something for somebody else, to invest in them, to make them feel good, because that will come back to you tenfold by you understanding what kind of difference you made in the world and what kind of difference you made in their life, and it will make you feel better, trust me. I love all you. I appreciate all you guys. I'm hoping that this holiday season will find you well. I'll record more podcasts coming up here, but I was really passionate about this one today. So I hope all you are having a great day. We'll talk soon. Much love, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please do us a favor and leave feedback and a five-star rating on whatever platform that you use. 